The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. It's now time for A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. From amazing stories to colorful personalities, join us as we go in-depth with the men and women that make up the Oakland Athletics Organization. It all starts right now. Well, it's time for another edition of A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. And I think you're really going to like this one because we got some really good interviews for you. Matt Chapman stopped by A's Cast Live right on the field after he was announced that he is going to be a 2019 All-Star and heading to Cleveland with his family and what a big moment it was for him. And you think about Chapman and the year he's having as he's blossoming into an MVP candidate as the A's are killing it right now. And as we're recording this, the Athletics are 12 games over 500, so life is good for the third baseman and his ball club. We're also going to hear from Chris Herman. Chris Herman did something that no way, and when we talk about no way, that means Philadelphia, Kansas City, and Oakland. No way in his debut has ever hit a grand slam, so we're going to hear from the new catcher. Also, Darren Bush. Darren Bush has done everything in the A's organization. I mean, he's managed, (laughs) he's a hitting coach. I mean, he's done just about everything you can do for the Oakland Athletics. So we're going to hear from the A's hitting coach, Darren Bush, and then Dan Plesak, who is one of my favorites on the MLB Network. The guy's just really, really funny, got a great sense of humor, and I love his opinions on the game. Plus, back in the day when I was growing up, he was one of the top relievers, a big left-hander, so we'll hear from Dan Plesak. But we'll lead it off here, A's Unfiltered with the All star Matt Chapman. Now joining us here on Ace Cast Live with Chris Townsend is the All Star. How are you doing? I got to think this was uh, this has been a uh, these past couple days have been pretty special. Yeah, it was good until I took batting practice. Now I'm pissed. <laughs> so it lasted like you know 24 hours. Well, hell, I mean after the game that you had on Sunday, I mean that was a that was a pretty good because you knew about the All Star game before the game. Yeah. Yeah, I did. So that that was uh, it was nice, but I mean, it didn't didn't take any pressure off me. I think it's just good luck because uh, I was 0 for two to start that game, and I was like, oh man, here we go. But dug myself out of that one. We got a win and got out of there, so it was nice. Matt Chapman with us here on A's Cast Live, and, and I think about not only you hearing about you making your first All Star team, but doing it back home where I'm sure you had family and friends in the stands. That had to be really special. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, it's I mean. Definitely a dream come true, and to be able to, uh, you know, do that and see my dad and stuff, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, because with the parents and everything, you know, they took you to all those games. They were a part of it. Then all the way through high school, then at Cal State Fullerton. You know, talk about what it means to your parents, the fact that you're going to be in the All-Star game, and they were a big part of your career. Yeah, I think it's just a dream come true for all of us, and, uh, you know, my mom keeps telling me I'm living out my dad's dream. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, it's a special time. What do you think it's going to be like heading, heading to Cleveland? It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, uh, I wanted to do the home run derby, but I don't think they got a spot for me. But uh, I can't, I'm just excited to be there and be around all the great players in the game and just try and learn and just have fun. I'm glad you say that because so many guys shy away from home run derby. I'm thinking national spotlight. Why would you not want to be a part of Winner that? Winner gets a million dollars. So, I mean, why, what do I have to lose? <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, that could end up being an easy million dollars to make. That's what I thought. Yeah, I would love to see in it. I mean, and we were talking over the weekend going, love to see Chris Davis in it. Would like to see Shohei Otani in the home run derby. Yeah, that guy's got some juice. When you look at him as a player, and I'm thinking, okay, we saw how filthy he was as a pitcher last year. He's got number one stuff. And now to think what he's doing offensively, I mean, we really haven't seen anything like that since, since Babe Ruth. Do you marvel at that, that, that he's got two-way talent like that? Um, I mean, yeah, that is pretty pretty amazing that he's able to do that at the highest level. That means you're a pretty, pretty damn good athlete. Um, but, you know, I think he's doing it, you know, in a time that's – it's almost impossible to do things like that, you know, throw that hard and hit homers and play. You know, today's game is as good as any, you know, era of baseball. So for him to be able to do that is, I mean, one of the more talented players of all time. Yeah, Bob Melvin has told me that uh, you've said to him you think you could go out there and pitch. Yeah, but I would need Tommy John after that first <laughs> outing probably. So I could go pitch an inning and then miss a year. <laughs> they always talk about how your first All-Star game, is when you walk in and you, obviously, being a star, are with all these other stars. Have you thought about that when you walk in and it's all those guys in the American League that you compete against uh, on a basis? It's the best of the best. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I couldn't be more excited. I'm just extremely grateful to, you know, represent our team. And, uh, you know, I'm unfortunately, I'm the only guy on our team going, but I'm going to, you know, do my best to represent us well. I'm not going to be shocked because, you know, guys end up bowing out, injuries and stuff happen. I'm not going to be shocked if you're going with somebody else. That would be awesome. That would be amazing. So, I mean, fingers crossed. And I think about the guy that plays left of you. What does it mean, Marcus Simeon, to watch a guy lead by example, play every single day, works as hard as anybody, and the year he's having putting – offense defense and putting it all together yeah i mean it's been fun to watch you know being with him for the last you know two and a half years seeing all the work he puts in every single day no matter whether he's feeling good feeling bad he's sick he's got a lot of energy he puts the work in no matter what you know he doesn't complain uh ever never wants to miss a game uh you know there's not many guys like him um i've never really played with anybody like him and just it's pretty cool to see you know how he's transformed himself into just becoming a great player and you know, he's, he's just getting better and better, and I think he's going to continue to get better. The other gold glover is red hot right now, and, yeah. I, and I think about – If he didn't get hurt, you know, he would be right there too. He, he could be leading the league in, in dingers right now if he didn't For break real. the handmate, and For I think real. he'd be going with you. And, well, and it's just – talk about what he means, not only from a standpoint of offense, but how good he is at defense. You guys know that you can try and do anything you can – and he can pick you up by picking it because nobody's better than him. Yeah, he's the best first baseman I've ever seen. Um, and to have that big of a target with that good of hands, I mean, it just goes to show uh, why our whole infield was nominated last year for gold gloves because he, you know, saved our asses a uh, number of times. So there's a lot of guys who love to play the game and they love the things that come with the game because obviously being a professional athlete, you, you, you get a lot of perks, right? There's a lot of money. There's a lot of good things. But not everybody just truly wants to win. And I think the one thing I've learned about you, and kind of like when I filled in for Vince Catronio and I see you guys coming off the field after, you're all about winning. Now, no matter what you do on a daily basis in the game, whether you go 4 for 4 or 0 for 4, in the end, you truly care about the W. Talk about that mindset that you bring every day. Yeah, um, you know, I think it's just one of those things you either have or you don't. It was never really – 
I mean, I guess you could say it was taught to me, but I, I think you see that you either have it inside of you or you don't. And that's just kind of how I've always been ever since I was a little kid. I just wanted to win at everything I did, and I was competitive. Um, but it, it is all about winning. I mean, that's why you're here in the big leagues to win championships and go to the playoffs and win. You know, in college I won, in high school we were always winning. So even when I was younger, all the teams, you know, we were taught to win. And it was about the team, not about yourself. So. For me, being a good teammate and being part of the team is doing whatever you can to help the team win, and that's all you know. That's all I've ever known. So, for me, it's it's easy. I just work hard and try to win ball games, and I feel like that's how you earn the respect of people around you and your teammates by just going out there and playing to win. It's not all about you. And I think about where your team is right now, kind of reminiscent of last year, where you got off to a start you probably weren't thrilled with. You battled with getting to 500. Now is great taking three out of four from Anaheim, and you're in a situation where you're seven games over 500, and it's now time to put the pedal to the metal and really kick this in like last year. Do you guys got that feeling like you had last year? Yeah, um, it's hard to like put it into words exactly um, because you don't want to like be like, okay, now's the time to go. And if you know we don't have a good series or don't do this or that, you don't want to like be like, oh, we can't do it now. But I think that we're going in the right direction. We're playing the good brand of baseball. And when you're playing like that, you're not really thinking about it. You know, you, you're you just playing to win. You're having fun, and then good things happen. So I think for us it feels a lot like that where we're confident and we're not, you know, putting too much pressure on anything. We're having fun. Uh, we're going out there expecting to win, not hoping to win, and good things happen. You know, I had this. You guys have outscored your opponents 76-42 to 42 in the last 13 games. And you still really haven't gotten KD really going yet. Mm -hmm. How scary is that for opponents? Uh, it should be scary, you know, because that guy, you know, is our best. He's our best hitter. He's the most important hitter in our lineup. And when he goes, we go. I mean, he's dug us out of so many holes and so many comeback wins and big homers. Um, you know, I can't wait for that guy to get healthy and get hot because he can he can carry a team by himself and he can change a game with one swing of a bat. So, I mean. We're able, you know, we're keeping it afloat right now. But when KD comes back, it's going to be really nice. And how about what you say about Mark Canna, who's done a terrific job filling in for him when KD has been out? Yeah, that's what people don't realize. You know, we got a really deep team. You know, our guys that come off the bench are huge. Look at Chad Pender. Look at Mark Canna. I mean, those guys, in my opinion, could even be all stars for you know coming off the bench and doing what they do and being able to hit all those homers with that little of at bats and playing time. I mean, Mark's numbers are dumb right now. Like he's going off. So. Uh, it's nice to have guys like that because, you know, if one guy goes down, we're always there to pick each other up, and guys always step up on our team, so that's nice. As a guy who's becoming a leader of this franchise in this clubhouse, you got a kid out there, Franklin Barreto, who thought he should have made the club out of spring, went down to AAA, struggled a little bit, got it back. He's now back, and Bob Melvin just told us on the Bob Melvin Show he's going to get a true opportunity to play on a regular basis. How can someone like yourself help Franklin get it going here at second base yeah I mean I've I've played with Franklin going you know three years on in the minor leagues and I know what he's capable of and I know how good he is because he is good and I know it's always hard to adjust at the major league level I mean it took me a while to get going too after my first 100 at bats I was hitting 190 or something like that uh, so it's hard to adjust to this level especially when you're not playing all the time so I really hope he does get an opportunity um, and for us as teammates, it's just about trying to give him as much information as we can to have success and then try and just keep him on the same page as all of us and just whatever we can do to help him feel more comfortable and kind of get, you know, 
settled into the big leagues and give him a chance to have success because I've seen what that bat can do, and that can only help us. You know, Liam Hendricks was walking by earlier today, and I said to Liam, I said, hey, uh, 23 of your last 24 appearances, you've only given up one run. That's a 0.31 ERA in his last 24 relief appearances. Talk about how he has really stepped up for you guys in the back of the bullpen. Yeah, uh, just, you know, kind of what I was saying earlier with, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, trying to go down or, you know, maybe some guys having a little bit of struggles early in the season, which, you know, it's still a lot of season left, a lot of time for guys to turn it around. Uh, but Liam has been there to pick us up. Uh, we've had a little bullpen struggle, sure, but uh, Liam picked us up and he came in and did a really good job. Um, and it's been huge. You know, he's he deserves to be an all-star and the things he's been doing are great. And I just can't wait till the rest of our guys get healthy and, you know, there's a lot of season left, and just to have an arm like that and then have our other guys coming back around, we're going to be really good. Well, we really appreciate the time. We love when you come over here on Ace Cast Live. Congratulations on your first All-Star appearance. We're all going to love watching it there in Cleveland. And uh, if you, you're not in home run derby, so just hit a home run during the game. How about that? Matt Chapman, thank you very much, man. We really appreciate it. If the A's keep rolling, I'm telling you, Chapman's going to get a lot of MVP votes, and who knows? Who knows where the A's are going to end up? And if the A's end up maybe catching the Houston Astros or coming close to the Houston Astros and they make the playoffs, maybe he could be the MVP. The guy is that special. His offense is matching his defense, and that is unbelievable. Let's hear from Chris Herman. What a debut. Now, it's it, it was really tough down in spring training. We find out about his knee. He has the surgery, and then he just disappears. And Josh Fegley basically takes over the catching position and Chris Herman has earned himself some more playing time. He was supposed to be the starter, but lately has earned himself more playing time with his bat. And we know how good he is defensively and handling a staff. But the big thing was hitting that grand slam. The first a ever to hit a grand slam in his debut. Here is the catcher, Chris Herman. Chris Herman is the first player to hit a grand slam. His first game with the Oakland athletics it's not only Oakland Athletics, it's Kansas City Athletics. It's athletics dating back to Philadelphia in 1901. You made A's history last night in a great win for the A's over the Minnesota Twins. How did that feel? Uh, it felt awesome just to, uh, <clears throat> again, just be healthy and uh, be able to contribute to this team to, to pull off a win last night was phenomenal. I couldn't ask for a better opening day for myself. I mean, think about that. You're just happy to be back. You're happy to be healthy. And then the old Grand Slam. And the number one thing is you got the victory. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the Grand Slams, those, those are hard to come across. And um, I don't know, man. I, honestly, in that in that uh, moment, I was just trying to put the ball in play. My last at bat, I struck out. And uh, I didn't want to do that again. So my mindset was just, you know, let's just tap the ball, man. Just, just put it in play right here. And I felt like I had a nice, easy swing. And, you know, the – it kind of carried for me a little bit. But, I mean, I did square it up pretty well, but it worked out in my favor. You know, you came into spring training looking like you're going to be the starting catcher for the Oakland Athletics on opening day. You get hurt. You go through the issues. You go through rehab and everything. How tough was that for you to, to go through all of that? But it's great to finally have you back. Oh, man, that, that was probably uh, the toughest thing I'd, I'd have to uh, overcome. Um, thankfully, I had a, my wife and – you know, my son there to uh, support me, uh, my my, uh, my mom and my dad, my brother, sister, friends, um, all my family, the training staff here, my teammates. 
everybody was, you know, helping me just stay mentally positive um, because there there was a point where I, I wasn't too sure, man. About a month in, my knee was really just hurting, and um, I wasn't too sure about it. But I, I stayed positive. I, I continued all my uh, my workouts and uh, treatment as planned, and um, thankfully my knee just slowly but surely got better. And um, once I started running, I started to trust my knee a little bit more, and I was like, okay, like, I can, I, I know I can play now. Like, I know I, that, you know, if I just keep working hard uh, the way I have been, things are going to pay off, and I'm going to come back healthy, and I'm going to be able to play this year. That always happens with surgery. You just don't know, but there is that point where the light goes on and you start to trust it, and it's not all, I mean, my God, for for a catcher, your knee, and having to squat, <laughs> but, but also for you offensively to where a lot of everybody's power comes from your lower half. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, most importantly, man, just, you know, me being a catcher, I'm always squatting. I'm always uh, bouncing up and down. Um, we use our knees a lot. And uh, if, I'm, if I wasn't going to be comfortable, you know, in that squatting position with, uh, you know, how my knee felt that first month, I, I don't know, man. I was talking to my wife about, you know, <laughs> getting, like, coaching jobs and stuff for next <laughs> oh, season. Man. But, uh, you know, it's just I'm just very thankful that, you know, my, my surgery uh, went well and, um, you know, my surgeon did a good job on my knee. And coming here, Josh Fegley's had a very good first half. Absolutely. There's no question. And I know he did a good job with you last night and Scott Emerson, Emo, getting ready for the game plan. And, you know, he's such a team player. What have they talked about with the playing time with the two of you going forward with you coming back? Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be a mixture of things. Uh, obviously, um, the Twins are throwing a righty tonight, I think, Gibson. Um, so – you know, with me being a left-handed hitter and Josh being a right-handed hitter, you would think that, you know, I would be in the lineup tonight just playing the whole matchups things. But, uh, you know, Fegs and, and Fires, they have a great relationship right now. Obviously, uh, Fegs caught the no-hitter, which is fantastic. So, you know, he's been catching him all year. And uh, for me, this is almost like the first couple of weeks I've been up, I'm going to be up here, it's going to be like spring training for me, man. Like, I, I got to I gotta get to know all these uh, these pitchers, what they, li- what they like to do, and um, – just help them get deep into ball games, and um, thankfully, you know, I got Fags here to, to ask questions. Emo, Bo Mel, uh, I'm gonna constantly just talk to all of our pitchers just to to make sure I'm I'm uh, mentally prepared to to uh, help those guys win. And I want to talk to you about Las Vegas because you know we get the minor league report every single day, and you start seeing these offensive numbers that are off the charts, right? Everything looks great. Jorge Mateo hits a triple every single night. <laughs> Everybody's hitting jacks, right? Here yeah. comes Franklin Barreto again. And then I'm looking at all the pitchers' numbers, and I'm looking at guys with ERAs in the sixes and the fives. What is going down in AAA right now With because they're playing with the big league ball for the first time? Yeah, um, I think that has something to do with it, which is good. I mean, obviously, if you're in AAA and, you know, you're, you're a young buck and you're trying to get back up or get into the major leagues or, you know, you're, uh, you're just uh, – you, you've had some showtime and you're trying, you're trying to get your way back up to the big leagues, why not use, you know, the balls that you're supposed to be using in the, uh, the big leagues? But, you know, on top of that, man, like Vegas, I guess the elevation is super high there. It's a big ballpark, but, I mean – Man, I, I saw a couple of cheap homers, you know, 88 miles an hour off the bat, just like sneaking over the fence, and I just I couldn't believe it. Um, and the guys who were, you know, getting all of it, those balls were going 500 feet. It seemed like it was it was pretty crazy, man. It, it's a it's a beautiful ballpark. 
the surrounding area is great. You got the Red Rock Casino Hotel right there. That's where I stayed. Uh, Summerland, where there's you know restaurants and shopping, outdoor shopping and stuff. It's it's just a phenomenal area. Uh, I couldn't have asked for a better rehab spot. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was almost like vacation whenever my family came to visit me, so it was great. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden you're playing in Vegas. Now everybody wants to come out. You're in Vegas? Yeah. Road trip? <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. It, it was great. I, I loved it, man. I, and I told Fran, the, the manager down there, I was like, man, I couldn't. This was so much fun, man. Like, usually rehab sucks, but I, I had a blast, man. This is This is a great place to play. That's the one thing that we've been getting a lot of reports, that the ballpark is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, it, it could be a, a big league ballpark. Yeah, it, I don't think it holds more than 20,000 uh, fans, but, I mean, just it's just a beautiful ballpark. You just look at it. Uh, the architecture on it is fantastic. Uh, big wall in left field, big uh, jumbotron. It's just amazing, man. They got a pool in right center field. They did it right there. How nice is it to join this team now that the team is surging again? It's awesome. Um, obviously, we want to keep that going, uh, and I don't want to be the guy to, to mess that up, you know. I know whenever Bo was here, he did a great job, and um, I'm just thankful to be here, man. And uh, like I said, I have a lot of homework to do, uh, getting to know all these pitchers. And, uh, yeah, man, that's what, that's, the, that's the role of a catcher. We just have all you know, double the amount of work of everybody else. Well, yeah, not only do you have to learn – everybody down here not only your starter and all your relievers but you got to know everybody on the other team absolutely um thankfully again we have a lot of guys who take a lot of pride and do a lot of hard work on the the analytical part of the baseball game and uh all the video and stuff it's all there so whatever you want to look at on uh, your opposing team they have it for us here how much time do you really do study on an everyday basis uh, an everyday basis. I mean, I would like to at least be in there for, you know, at least 20 minutes. And, you know, we have iPads and stuff right there in our lockers, so we can just pull it up. You know, you're taking a break from, you know, doing some eating food or, you know, working out or whatever it may be. And uh, just take a peek at the, that iPad. Look at the, look at the, uh, the data there and uh, all the videos just to help you, you know, getting, uh, get an understanding of how to get those guys out. You know, people talk about, oh, you know, he hasn't been around, but, you know, he may have caught some guys in spring training. But there's something about a pitcher. When he gets out on that mound, everything changes. And you really need to know how he ticks. In good times, bad times, and really in the bad times, you need to help get him through. How long do you think that chemistry takes for a catcher and a pitcher for you to really know how a guy ticks once he gets out on the mound? Uh, it's it's funny you ask that because I've had guys where, you know, we click right away and some guys it takes, you know, a couple of outings. So um, it all just depends, man. Uh, everybody's different in their own ways. And, um, you know, I might just click better with a, a certain pitcher over another one. So uh, the ones that I don't click with, that's, those are the ones that I got to really just, you know, after a game or before a game, just, you know, ask him what he wants to do. That way we're on the same page. And in a, for a modern-day catcher, you now have to deal with more relievers than any catchers have ever had to deal with in the history of baseball. Yeah, uh, I know. It doesn't seem like too long ago uh, all the starters were pitching, you know, complete games, and that's just not the case anymore. Uh, you know, pitch, uh, starters are anywhere from five to, to six innings, and then you get three relievers. So, uh, yeah, man, we're, we're, we're working with those relievers all the time, and, you know, those guys are just as important as our starters. Thank you for coming out. And, by the way, this isn't a bad bad set, is it, for a radio show? No, 
it's it's great. Y'all have some awesome uh, audio here. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm kind of an audiophile, so. Hey, I mean, think about it. We're right on the field. We can get players. It is the best. Hey, thank you for coming out. Congratulations on the home run last night. Thank you. And great to have you back. Great to have you healthy again. Continued success, and we'll talk to you after the All-Star break. All right, sounds good, Chris. Always like to catch up with Darren Bush, the hitting coach for the Oakland Athletics, as everything is changing. We do know that everybody wants to hit the ball in the air. That's what that's where the game's going. And teaching hitting is so different now than what it used to be. Back in the day, they used to teach us have a back up the middle approach. That's what they wanted from you. Well, now you can't do that because of the shifts on both lefties and righties. There's now a guy Standing right there, right over second base. So if he hit back up the middle, it's now and out. It's amazing how things have changed. And we talk about a lot of those changes. Here's the hitting coach for your Oakland Athletics, Darren Bush. Well, our next guest has done everything in this organization, and he's doing a stellar job as the hitting coach for your Oakland Athletics. Darren Bush is with us here, A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend. And we got a we got a good series here going on between two very powerful teams. How are you? You're right. We got a good one. I mean, we got Minnesota on the other side playing great ball. They got a good staff. They can swing the bats. So it's going to be an interesting series. You know, I got all kinds of numbers about how many runs you guys have scored recently, and it's been uh, a lot of runs and bunches. And that you know, the last 13 games, you've outscored your opponents 76 to 42. A lot of long balls and a lot of long balls all in baseball. What do you think it, it has been for your team to right now? You're really starting to click. Well, I mean. You know, in spring, everybody was looking good. Everybody was swinging the bat you want the way you want them to. But it takes it takes time. I mean, you get guys coming in. You're facing guys for the first time again for the year. It takes time for guys to get comfortable. It takes time for them to get back into the swing of things. But from the beginning of the season, you know, I'd say we had about a two-week stretch in there where we were not putting together good at bats. And other than that two weeks, I've been real happy with the way we've swung the bats. Our bats are competitive and it's starting to pay off. When you have a guy that's struggling, what do you do? Because I, I, basically you're a teacher, and you every single guy is different. Every single guy, you know, how you need to deal with each guy is different. What is that like for you having to control all these different guys when a guy's not going good? What's the key for you as a hitting coach? Well, you just said it right there. Everybody's different. Everybody learns different, everybody thinks different, and you have to approach each person as an individual and understand that one blanket statement isn't gonna work for everyone. And you have to find a way to communicate what you want them to do and the things that they need to do in a different way for every single guy. So when somebody's scuffling or they're struggling a little bit, you have to be very consistent with the message that you're delivering to them. And we are that way. We are very consistent in the things we talk about, the things that we want to achieve. Now we have to present it 12 different ways. You know, you have every guy that's different. We have to present it to each guy individually the way that they need to hear it. Because everybody's swing is different. Everybody's mind is different. And, you know, we recently had Rick Dempsey on the old catcher, and he was talking about, you know, you got 13 pitchers down there, and as a catcher it's like having 13 wives. You got to – And but the thing is it's like – People don't think about that. They just think you're the hitting coach and you say see ball, hit ball, and there's so much more to it. There really is. I mean, you have to have each guy prepared every single day. Each guy is going to get pitched differently. 
Each guy has to approach their bat differently. Now we have a blanket statement that we talk about, about grinding out at bats, seeing pitches, making sure we're staying in the strike zone. But for each guy, that's different. They have to approach the zone a certain way. They have to approach how they're facing a guy a certain way. So we have a plan, we have an approach, but each guy individually has their own idea of what they need to do. In your time in baseball, all of our times, the game has changed so dramatically. And with, with everything that is here for players, the information, the video and everything, do, how do you help players work through that? What's good? Because not, not everything's good for the same guy. No, not at all. You have guys in there that don't want, it, don't want any of the things that another guy may want. You know, you have to know which guy that you can be talking to him about about pitch selection, about what this guy's pitch is going to do. Is a guy tipping pitches? You have to know which guy to talk to about that. And then the other guy, you have to tell him, look for the baseball here and then hit it. So it is very, you have to be very careful with how you present it, what you talk to him about. But you're right, there is a ton of information. We have information on guys that dates back three, four, five years, reports on guys that go back for a long time. And we know what a guy is going to do, but until you get in that box, he may change something today. And until you get in the box and watch the pitch and see the action of the pitch, really the information that you got up until that point, it may change. So you have to change your approach on the spot and that's what these guys are really good at doing talk about how you have to learn it because then you have to give it to the players so it's like all this new information you got to study up on it no doubt about it i mean we spend you know you go into a series a three or four game series you have you have for sure 12 12 pitchers that you have to watch and you have to know exactly what they're going to do how they're going to do it and then you have to adjust on the fly also. And we spend hours watching video. Uh, you know, Aldo and I will spend, you know, you have 12 pitchers. So you're watching at least four to five hours worth of video before each series. And then at least an hour worth of video on a daily basis on top of that to make sure that you know what these guys have, what they're going to do, what their tendencies are. Because when we're standing on that wall over there, when a new guy comes into the game, you have 30 seconds. You have 30 seconds to explain to these guys, look, this is what he does. This is what he wants to do. This is how we need to approach him. Look for a pitch here. Look for it to start here and stay on this pitch. And you have 30 seconds to do that, and you need to be accurate. You need to be right. Every once in a while, you're going to be off, but you need to know that this is what's going to happen, and you need to be prepared for this. I think one of the big changes, too, is just the amount of velocity that you're seeing that you never saw before. I mean, if a guy threw 96, 97, my God, he was just bringing cheese back in the day. Now it just seems like, you know, everybody coming out of the bullpen is throwing that hard. When did you really start to realize, oh, my God, everybody is, the velocity is up really for everybody? Just over the last couple of years. I mean, it's starting to that way where, when a guy comes into the game, you can expect he's going to be 95 to 98. Um, now you have to find out which guys have the off-speed pitches to go with it. Um, but guys now, they're so used to seeing 95, 96 miles an hour that 92 just seems like a run of the mill. And, you know, they get used to it. Anybody can hit a fastball. They get used to it. It's timing it up. It's deliveries. You know, when you have deception and delivery, that 98 it plays up 
And then you get a guy that's thrown 92 and he has deception in his delivery. That 92 plays up. So they found ways to get the perceived velocity to where if he's throwing 92, it may look 94, 95. So and then other guys you face throwing 98 miles an hour, it looks like they're throwing batting practice. And so these guys have adjusted. They understand how to adjust when a guy's delivery has deception, and they figure it out on awfully quick. And I, and I think about the baseball, and Dr. Meredith Wills is actually here today. She's the astrophysicist. She's right there, actually, who wrote the uh, big article on The Athletic. And even the commissioner of baseball over in London admitted that the baseball's a little bit different. There's less drag on it. What have you seen this year from a standpoint of the ball flying out of the ballpark? Well, I mean, luckily, we've seen the ball fly out of the ballpark quite a bit over the last couple of years. You know, we've got guys that are big and strong for us that can drive the baseball. But you do see some swings at times where you wonder how the ball went like that. You know, you see guys out in front, you see guys late, you see them get jammed and the ball takes off. But, you know, I just look at it as, hey, we're trying to hit the baseball hard. Where it goes after that, you know, that's where it goes. But our guys focus on just trying to hit it hard. You know, I don't really pay too much attention to what the baseball is and how it's flying because that's the ball we're using. We have to figure out how to hit it. Yeah, bottom line, they're using it. (laughs) I mean, both teams are using it. Launch angle. And all these, because back in the day, everybody hit the ball back up the box, hit the ball up the middle, and, and now you really can't do that because now there's a defender back up the middle. Now everything's about getting the ball in the air, keeping the ball off the ground. With your instruction when you're helping this guy, how do you teach that? How do you change a guy's swing to be having the ball more in the air than ever before? Well, see, I, I think that we do the same things now that we were doing when, when I was playing. You don't want the ball on the ground. You want to drive the baseball. I think a lot of emphasis has become on the fact that, hey, the ball, when you hit the ball in the air, it's better. And, yes, it is. You want the ball on the line. You want the ball in the air. But the things that we talk about, you know, I think of launch angle as a byproduct. It's just a byproduct of what we're trying to do. And the things that we talk about are approaching the strike zone the correct way, coming into our swing the correct way. And if we do those things, the ball is going to go in the air. And it's just a byproduct of doing everything correctly. And, you know, changing a swing to create launch angle is a very slippery slope. It's something that can be very dangerous. It leads to a lot of swing and misses and a lot of strikeouts. So you take a person's swing and then you implement things to help them to use their swing to get the ball in the air. You know, a big part of that is using your lower half the correct way getting into your legs to get your bat on plane, to get the ball in the air. And, you know, every, like you said before, everybody's swing is different. And you try to teach one swing that gets the ball to go in the air, it leads to a lot of problems. I have a lot of callers who call me in the postgame show with the shifts. Why not just hit a ground ball to short? Why not hit a ground ball to second? Like it's that easy. When you see the shifts, what do you think for your hitters? When you know, well, if you just hit a ground ball there and there's a runner on second, that's going to be a base hit and the runner's going to score. Shifting has changed the game. It has. It really has. And, you know, one of the things that we talk about often and we see our guys do it quite a bit is hitting the ball low, hard the other way. And these guys work on it a lot. But when you think that way, you're executing a good swing. And... When you put a good swing on the baseball, it goes in the air. 
So as much as they're thinking about hit the ball, hit a ground ball to the second baseman or hit a ground ball to the shortstop, they take that swing and it ends up being a line drive to the left fielder or a line drive to the right fielder. But they're approaching it thinking, I'm going to hit the ball on the ground the other way. And the next thing you know, it's a line drive. You know, it's a, the, the mindset of hitting the ball low, hard the other way or beating the shift can really lead to a really good swing. And, you know, our guys work on it daily. One of our rounds that we take is hit the ball low, hard the other way. And, you know, you get in the box and you're facing the guy throwing 98 miles an hour, like we were talking about, and you just think, okay, I'm just going to hit a ground ball the other way. And then he throws a 98-mile-an-hour fastball inside at your hands. That's not too easy to do. You know, it's not too easy just to manipulate the ball and manipulate the bat to be able to push the ball the other way. You actually have to get the pitch to do it. And if they don't give it to you, if you can can continue to try to do it, you're not going to do it. What is the one thing that is truly so satisfying for you that something happens and for you as a hitting coach just go, ah, that's what it's all about? (laughs) Well, the thing that I love and is what we just talked about is when our guys take the proper approach and they're facing a pitcher that we know is he is going to do this and we have the approach and then we execute the approach and you know thankfully we do it quite often and that is a really good feeling for for our staff and as a hitting coaches because we have the correct approach and he's executing everything that he wants to do and he can't beat us because guys are executing what they want to do because they know what he's going to do. He's trying to do it, and he can't get us out. Well, I'll tell you what, you guys are doing a great job offensively, no question. Thank you for stopping by for the time. Good luck against the Twins. Good luck against the Mariners. Recharge for the All-Star break because it's going to be a sprint coming out of the second half. Sounds great. Yeah, Bush is a great guy, and uh, obviously – You know, you look at the home runs, you look at the runs, you look at so many different things about the Oakland Athletics, and every guy on this roster will swear by Darren Bush as a hitter. All right, our last guest here on A's Unfiltered is Dan Plesak. If you watch the MLB Network, you know that this guy's got a great sense of humor. Super guy. I've wanted to get him on. I want to get... You know, you, you hear me talk about all the time on A's Cast Live or on A's Total Access or A's Clubhouse Show, all the different shows that I do, how much I watch MLB Network. It's what I do. When you're in this business, that's what you watch. And I watch it primarily when I'm watching TV. It's going to be on the MLB Network. So I get to see all these guys. And Dan Plesak is definitely one of my favorites and had a lot of respect for him when I was a kid. Big time lefty closing out game. So here is Dan Plesak from the MLB Network. We have the big left-hander. Dan, let me tell you, Chris Townsend here with A's Cast Live. We're on the field uh, watching now the Twins getting ready for batting practice. It's an honor to have you on. You're one of my favorites on the MLB Network. Thank you. It's my honor. Hey, how about the swinging A's? What's going on out there? They're hitting jacks. Huh? Let me t- let me tell you how it goes. Here's our mantra. Ball goes far. Ball goes far, team goes far. Gotcha. Let me ask you this. Are you surprised with all the injuries to the rotation that they've been able to weather the storm? It amazes me 
how Bob Melvin continues to get this team to play when it looks like the odds are stacked against them. They start the year. Manaya Montes gets popped for the PEDs. Manaya's on the shelf. AJ Puck, the future looks so bright for him. Big expectations going into the season. He starts the year injured. I mean, how in the world are they doing this? You know what? Normally I would say, yeah, I'm shocked. But last year they used 15 different starters, so they're doing the same thing they did last year. The only real difference between last year and this year is the fact the bullpen hasn't been so good. And why is that as a guy that had an illustrious career as a closer? I don't know. Why are they different? Lou, Trevi- Lou Trevino was the best-kept secret in baseball last year, right? Blake Trinan was literally unhittable. And unfortunately, it seems like every time I watch Trinan throw, he throws great. And it's just it amazes me. He has as good a stuff as anybody in baseball. I love his stuff. And Trevino's stuff is still real good. That's the up-and-down part of the bullpen life, the life of the bullpen. From one year to the next, that's why it's so hard. Like, when you look at what Mariano Rivera did and what Trevor Halfman did over the course of time to do it year after year after year, it's the most followed part of Major League Baseball, without doubt. One question I need to ask you. Shoot. Outside of Oakland. I'm real. I'm telling you, I am the biggest Matt Chapman fan. I think he's one of the top young players in the game that doesn't get enough credit for being as good a player as he is. Do you agree? No doubt. And when he was in the minor leagues before we really got to see him, Bob Melvin told me his nickname by the coaching staff is Captain America, and he has lived up to it because there is nothing he can't do. I mean, he leads the world in defensive runs saved over the last two years. We're now seeing him drive the ball out of the ballpark, and he's doing it to opposite field. I mean, you think about it as a pitcher, when you know you have a third baseman with that strong of an arm and he has the reins of a shortstop, how much do you like that as a pitcher? No doubt about it, right? I'm telling you, he is a tremendous player, and I think he's as good. I thought that Adrian Beltre was about as good as anybody in the game on that slow roll or that bunt down the third baseline, but Matt Chapman, he comes in, he makes that play. He reminds you a little bit, he looks as comfortable at third. I thought Eric Chavez, he was another guy that didn't get enough credit for as good a defensive third baseman that he was for a long time for the A's. Matt Chapman is a tremendous player. Let me give you a stat for your broadcast if Liam Hendricks comes in tonight. Liam Hendricks right now, in 24 of his last 25 relief appearances, he's only given up one run for a 0.30 ERA. How good is that? For real. I've got a stat for you. I'm looking at the MLB research packet. Do you know that Mike Fires hasn't lost since May 1st against the Red Sox? Yes, we do know. He is 6-0 with a 2-3-9 ERA in his last 10 starts. Mike Fires is on fire right now for the swing and A's. Oh, it's been fun to watch the veteran, and he called it. He said, listen, I've been getting beat up, and he told everybody in the clubhouse, I'm better than this, I will lead, and he throws that no-hitter, and since that no-hitter, you got that stat at 6-0 with a 2.39 ERA. He's been fantastic. And then looking on the other side, as I'm watching the Twins warm up right now, You know, if they hit a home run tonight, they're going to tie for the most home runs the Yankees last year before the All-Star break. How surprised are you of all this power and how good the Twins have been? You know, we do the 30 teams in 30 days, and the Twins were the very last team that I did the last day in March. I walked away. Fran Charles did that 30 and 30 with me. I walked away, and we have to give our prediction at the end of the show, right? And I predicted the Twins would win the Central 
I was buying because the players they brought in, Marwin Gonzalez, Nelson Cruz, I thought Kepler was about to take off. But the biggest thing, I thought Barrios really took big strides. Their pitching is legit. Now, with that said, you know, a lot of people are thinking, boy, if they were like Craig Kimball or a real solid closer way, they would be a team you'd have to take really seriously. But I think, as you've seen, that is a really good team. They can score runs. Their bullpen's good. Their rotation has been really good, too. They're kind of like the sleeping giant. I think everybody just thinks because they're from the AL Central and the Indians are down this year that they don't take the Twins serious. You better take him serious because they can go really deep into the postseason. The great Dan Plesak joins us here on Ace Cast Live with Chris Townsend. You can watch Dan on MLB tonight throughout the season, plus the first 35,000 fans attending tomorrow's A's game will receive an MLB network tote bag. So it's great to have you on and promote the network. It's my favorite channel. It's gotten to a point where my wife's looking at me like, can't we watch something else? Yeah, enough already, right? Hey, but you, you know what, though? You have to just tell your wife, listen, the season's going to be over at the end of October, and then she can watch what she wants to watch on TV, right? Well, no, that's when I get addicted to you on, on MLB Now with Brian Kinney and how you have to fight the Sabermetrics guys. Oh, well, I, now I can see why you're in deep water over there at the household. <laughs> but it's a great channel. You know what's, you know what's amazing is this channel, it's it, it, in its 10th year, and I think we all struggled when we came here. It's a different way to watch baseball. It's not one game. It's live look It's MLB now. It's intentional talk. There's so many different shows. And, and I think we've kind of changed the way that people watch baseball. You get done with your game tonight. You can flip on if there's some West Coast games that are still going on. You can flip on MLB tonight, get caught up on all the scores on the central part of the time zone, the East Coast, what's going on back in the, uh, the West Coast game. So we've kind of changed the way that people watch baseball. No doubt about it. And we stole Amelia from you, and she wanted me to say hello. And Amelia wanted oh, me to – Oh, she's the best. Oh, she is. And you know what? She's doing what she should be doing right now because, you know, very rarely do you find an Oakland A's fan, a Bay Area fan here in the Northeast in New Jersey, right? But she was Oakland A's, Bay Area through and through. She's all things A's. She's all things San Jose Sharks. She is in the right place, and she has found her this was the job working for the A's that Amelia was put on this earth to do. She's happy. You guys should be happy. And she was great. We really miss her here at MLB. She says hello and wants me to ask you about who is uh, DJ Dan? Oh, DJ Dan is the man. He made the appearance last night on the show. Now, we can't go to DJ Dan all the time, but DJ Dan has like the corny pickup lines, my best pickup line is, hey, girl, you must work at Starbucks because I like you a latte. So they're corny pickup lines, but <laughs> DJ Dan makes an appearance about once a week on the 10 to 1 a.m., the late-night hardball show. <laughs> I love it. And I got to tell you, when I heard Zach Plesak, I went, wait a minute. There's, it, I know yeah. I know one Plesak. There, there's another Plesak. Talk about family, nephew in the big leagues with the tribe. Yeah, I tell you what, he's come a long way in a short period of time. Drafted by out of Ball State University, had Tommy John surgery his junior year. The Indians took a flyer on him with his arm in a sling. He's come a long way in a short period of time. Picked up his first big league win against the Yankees in New York. He's been pitching terrific. Uh, got beat up a little bit in his last start last Saturday against the Orioles. He's pitching tomorrow in Kansas City. Uh, he's matched up against Homer Bailey. 
Um, so he's going to get his first chance pitching in Kansas City. He's been a great story. He's come a long way in a short period of time. Three-pitch guy, good fastball, throw strikes, change up probably his best out pitch, and then he has a pretty good curveball and slider, but he's getting better. He had a rough one his last one, but he looks like he has some staying power, and I think Terry Francona, they like him because he's not afraid to throw the ball over the plate. Let's end on this. We're gonna we're coming up on the All-Star break. You guys will all be in Cleveland. If you had to bet on one team in the second half and bet against a team in the second half, who would those two teams be? My bet against the second half, and, and it pains me to say this, I just don't know how the Brewers can continue to do what they're doing when they only get four and five innings out of their starting pitching all the time. And they rely so heavily on that bullpen. I love Yelich. I love Kane. I love Moustakis. But they put a lot of pressure on their starting pitching. So that concerns me. And I think a team that is on the way up, that they're just slowly making that grind and they're in it. And you're like, really, they're over it? Your team, the Oakland A's, look out. They're going to get Manaya hopefully back. And if A.J. Pucks, listen, there are reinforcements on the way. And I used to think that Billy Bean, you know, there's a method to the madness with the Oakland A's. And it happens year after year. And if you count them out, you're only shooting yourself in the foot. I think the A's are the sneaky team out west. And they're the sneaky team to get in the wild card. I don't think they're catching the Astros, but they're a solid threat to get into the postseason with the wild card. Watch out for the green and gold. Dan, you are the best. Enjoy the all-star break in Cleveland. Hopefully we'll talk to you in the second half. All the best. Hey, thank you. And by the way, Matt Chapman is the man. (laughs) We know. (laughs) We love him. Take care. Got it. Be good. That's going to do it for A's Unfiltered. I can tell you the next edition, we're going to have some classic guys on. Burt Blylevin, Rick Dempsey. We'll have all that for you next time right here on A's Unfiltered. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.